Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are focusing on the fourth parak of Shmuel Bet. Last parak, Yoav and Avishai, generals to David, killed Avner, the general to Ishboshet in the Northern Kingdom, and that sends the Northern Kingdom into complete disarray. We're told that Ishboshet is completely overtaken by fear, and so are all of the people in the Northern Kingdom. We know that Avner was really the leader in the north. He was really the, the strong man. He was really in charge. Ishboshet was a weak figurehead. And it's a fact that is driven home by the way that this parak refers to Ishboshet as Shaul's son, which is to say, right, it doesn't use his name, it just says Shaul's son, which is a way to reflect the fact that his station was only attained by dint of being Shaul's son. Otherwise, he had no qualifications for being king. And so now, the de facto leader of the north is dead. Ishboshet feels totally exposed, totally vulnerable without the help of Avner. And the rest of the kingdom also recognizes this, uh, this sense of vulnerability. They're also quite afraid. And it's not just because they've lost the leader, Avner, but it grows out of a fear that David is going to make war, is going to try and kill Ishboshet and to conquer the north. Because despite David's very public mourning of Avner, his very public mourning before that of Shaul, the people of Benjamin, the people of the north, still suspect that David is bent on their destruction, right? David, despite his best efforts, he's trying to show that he's not actually interested in, in these, these assassinations and in, in these people being killed. David's trying to to project the fact that he is uninterested in undermining the northern kingdom. David, that's not how he's operating, although generally he, he does, you know, we, we presume he does want to be king over all of Israel. That is, he is, the, he is anointed to be so, but he's not pursuing it in these uh, nefarious or um, backhanded ways. And, and he, he's trying to project that. He's trying to say, I'm, I'm not interested in doing it. But still, there is this great fear. People are, are, are probably suspect that in truth, David does really want these things to be taking place, and that is why they are so afraid. We then learn that there are these two men who are captains of, uh, of, of bands of soldiers under Shaul, one named Ba'ana, one Rechav. And we learn that the two men uh, go to Ishbosheth's home. They find him asleep. He's taking a siesta, and they kill him. The commentators note that it's normative for a king to nap in the middle of the day. And I would say probably knowing that, Ba'ana and Rechav came specifically at a time knowing that he'd be by himself and, and, and helpless in this way. But despite all of that, I still think it's, it's so fitting, it kind of fits this general picture of Ishboshet, uh, that he dies taking a nap in the middle of the day. Right? Shaul died on the battlefield, fighting to the last breath, knowing that his death and a terrible fate was, was forthcoming. Ishboshet dies asleep, sleeping on the job. And it's, it's just, to me, it's, it seems emblematic of his passivity and his weakness. So Ba'ana and Rechav kill Ishboshet, and then they behead him. They take his head to David to present him uh, what they think is this wonderful news and this absolute gift. They're handing David the, the kingship. They've removed this obstacle from his being the king over all of Israel. And following the familiar pattern, David tells them, 
do you think that this makes me happy? Do you think I, I, I'm interested in this? And he brings up, he explicitly brings up the past event. He says there was this man who was a messenger who came, referring to the Amaleki man who comes to tell him that Shaul was dead, to tell him that he participated in, in killing Shaul. And that man also thought he was delivering this wonderful news. And David says, and I killed him. How much more so will I uh, do so to you who uh, has delivered me this news thinking that it's wonderful news, but you're wicked. And in fact, you've, you've slain a, an innocent man in his sleep. And so David executes them. He does so in a very public way. He, uh, he hangs their limbs uh, in Hebron to once again try to send the message once and for all that David does not condone this murderous activity, that David is certainly not behind uh, th- these killings. But one certainly has to marvel at the fact that despite David's protest and even genuine opposition to Shaul's death, to Avner's death, and now Ishbosheth's death, all of these events certainly do, in a certain respect, work in David's favor in terms of his goals of, of asserting uh, the power of kingship over all of Israel, which, as I noted, has been granted to him by God. And it continues, this is kind of the continuation of a pattern that we see in David's entire life. For example, the more Shaul tried to undermine David, the more he tried to put David in situations of risk or put him on the margins, the more David rises to prominence. Here too, the more people around David uh, act out of line, the, his, his generals or whomever it may be, the more they, they go against what David wishes. They do things that David finds reprehensible and even punishable by death. Nonetheless, the more David uh, it rises in prominence, the more David's path is cleared towards becoming the undisputed uh, king over all of Israel. So it, it just seems that there's this magnetic pull for David. He's an, he's an ish matzliach. Uh, as I've noted in the past, no matter what happens, David simply rises to the top. And these events, despite David's protest, certainly continue to propel him uh, towards in the inevitable moment of him becoming the king over all of Israel. I want to conclude with a bit of an aside. I skipped one Pasuk, which is kind of oddly placed in the middle of this narrative. And it's, it tells us, it's right before, we're told about uh, the plan to kill, well, we're told about Ba'ana and Rechav, where they're introduced to us, but they haven't yet killed Ishboshet. When we are told, the narrative stops and we're told, by the way, there is one more descendant of Shaul, it's the son to Yonatan named Mephibosheth. We're told that uh, when Shaul and Yonatan were killed in their battle against the Plishtim, Mephibosheth's caretaker ran with him to flee from the Plishtim, and in the course of doing so, f- fell and caused uh, Mephibosheth to become crippled for the rest of his life. That's, that's what we're told, and then we continue with the narrative of the assassination of Ishbosheth. So why is that here? Why, why does that get inserted in such a kind of awkward place. It's this kind of time out from the narrative. And why is that important? And I think that the significance is twofold. Firstly, it tells us that uh, Ba'ana and Rechav, when they kill Ishboshet, they're, they're clearing the last hurdle for David to seize full control. Because uh, Mephibosheth, being um, uh, physically unfit to become king, uh, was not an obstacle for David. That's what the Mepharshim say. I, I don't know why that necessarily has to be the case, but uh, the Mepharshim say that uh, because he was uh, physically uh, ill-equipped to become king, he, he, was, he, was, he was not kind of the heir apparent. And so the text is 
heightening the moment, giving us the full significance of the moment once we know that there really is no uh, suitable heir for Shaul. After Ishboshet, uh, we know that when Ishboshet is killed, this is kind of the final nail in the coffin of Shaul's dynasty. And that's why it's mentioned in this moment. There's another, uh, I would say, uh, more kind of positive reading as well, which could be true simultaneously, and that is that Shaul's family, we're being told, will live on. That indeed, um, even though Ishbosheth is being killed, there are others. They're not suitable for the kingship, but there are others who will live on. And indeed, we learn in the course of Tanakh that Mephibosheth would bring forth some very uh, important, valiant, contributing uh, members of, of Klal Yisrael and, and descendants. So perhaps this note is inserted to kind of give us that glimmer of hope and positivity that all is not lost for Shaul and his descendants. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.